0: You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. ronanddon.com All right, here we come. Look out now. It's The uh, Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Podcast number 21. He's Ron. I'm Don. And don't forget, all that's brought to you by our real estate company. That's right. Ron and Don are licensed brokers. You can reach out to Ron. That's Ron Upshaw at windermere.com or Don O'Neill at windermere.com. When you think real estate, make sure... Uh, you think of Rotted Dog. Before we get going here, I want to know uh, how much I get paid. Uh, you just had me come out and do some yard work on one of your one of your listings, and I was out there for hours uh, <laughs> in the pouring rain. In the pouring rain,
1: it was there was some the rain pouring, happening in,
0: in the in in the pouring rain. And uh, congratulations, you just sold this uh, amazing home in Ballard. And usually, you cut the lawn. Before you sell the house, I did cut the lawn before I saw, for some I the reason. House. Uh, you and I were out there uh, cutting the lawn after you sold the house. So why why was it why was it out there pulling weeds and cutting the lawn on a house that, that is supposedly down the road by by Ron Upshaw and Windermere?
1: Now, honestly, uh, for me, a it was because the the person that I was doing it with asked me, but b because I want it to look good when the people move in tomorrow. Okay, or so when they, when they get the house. So yeah. I mean. I was on the side of the seller, but I still want the people on the other side to be happy with it. So it didn't take that long. Thank you for doing that. You're good with an edger.
0: Yeah, don't think you, I'm not.
1: You did. There was a moment though. I was over by the window, mm-hmm. and it was if it would have been bigger than the pebble that you hit. Oh. it would have taken that window out because yeah. you you take your edger and you go into all sorts of different angles. I
0: took out bushes today. I took out trees, and I take out the lawn. And every once in a while, you're gonna hit a rock or a boulder <laughs> or a pebble, and you're gonna take. And a it's window gonna go out.
1: right through the window. So that yeah. that uh, helped out. But seriously, I think um, closing strong is one of your life lessons. And I think, you know, finishing strong is something that people will notice. So I'm hoping that uh, the other agent that then represented the buyers will see that, uh, that those buyers will say and go, hey, you know what? These guys went the extra mile at the end when they didn't have to, yeah. and that that will mean something I, to them.
0: I know I went the extra mile. Yeah, you and, did. And do I Pretty get, good edger. Do I get paid anything for
1: it? Uh, what do you charge? Your son does it for a dollar. Well,
0: I'll tell you what. I didn't, I didn't go to, and it kind of takes us to one of the first things I want to ask you about today. I didn't go to USC, and USC is back in the news because we know that Felicity Huffman now is into her second week she's serving her 13-day sentence right. for writing a check, her and her husband, her famous husband, for $15,000 to get their two daughters into USC. What was that, we,
1: it was that small? I thought it was more than
0: that. It was only, only $15,000. We'll get to Lori McLaughlin here in a moment because she wrote a check, her and her husband, her designer husband, for $500,000, but she wrote a check for 15000 and they say one of the reasons why she's not doing very much time is because she was very contrite. She admitted to it. Her husband was in on it, and he didn't admit to William anything. William H. Macy? Yeah. He, he, he was there in the initial meeting where they were arranging this payoff. And for whatever reason, uh, he didn't have to do any time, and she did. So she's doing her 13 days. I think she's on day number eight or day number nine right now. Uh, part of the paparazzi has a picture of her in her prison garb. Evidently, her family came to see her over the weekend, and uh, they say that she's doing okay. Her daughters now, ha- they're no longer enrolled at USC. That's all that USC will say. They're no longer enrolled. To get into USC... Out of all the people that apply to USC, only 13% of the people get in. I don't know what it was back in 1985, but I tried to get in schools like University of Notre Dame and USC. I had no business going there because I couldn't afford to walk in the door. I couldn't even afford the plane uh, ticket to fly to those schools, but I got accepted uh, to USC, and I also got accepted uh, to the University of Notre Dame, and I ended up going to the University of New Mexico and the University of Washington, but nonetheless... To get into one of those schools, to do the work to get in one of those schools, and to do the work specifically to get into USC, it's it's a mammoth task. And so it seems like... For someone like you. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think the girls were in on it? Because they're acting like they don't know anything about it. Their mom has absolutely taken the bullet on this. Her husband is like, hey, I don't know what you're talking I'm about. Off even shameless. Even though that he was on tape and they were involved in this discussion... I think those girls were absolutely positively in on this. And I think Felicity Huffman is Gardner Daughters because they are superstars when it comes to Instagram. They are superstars. And what are they called? They're called presenters. Is that right? And influencers. They're called influencers. Influencers, presenters. These girls make a lot of money. And also, their parents are pretty well loaded at this t- time, time. So financially, out, I think they're going to be okay. I think the whole family was in on what happened at the University of Southern California.
1: Yeah, and I don't think they probably saw it as as a negative. Uh, You get what you pay for. And let's not pretend like USC and colleges at large are blameless in this. They have set up a system to do exactly what you just said in a beneficial way. Do you think that when... Uh, you know, if, if Bill Gates wanted his kids to go to UW and he just made the Bill and Melinda Gates computer lab that they're not getting in, do you think that a booster that uh, you know supports the football team and is like, oh, you guys need uh, a new uh, weight room? How about the Don O'Neill Memorial Weight Room that your son wouldn't make it in? So these things happen all the time where boosters get leaned on, where donors, if you're, you're talking about USC, Notre Dame, Stanford, all those big names, MIT, Boston College, all those ones that have endowments, they lean on alums hard uh, and when it comes time to make a donation, they make some pretty uh, suggestions on dollar amounts and what needs to happen. And so and that's all about boards like that can happen if, if you're an alum, if you were, uh, you know, a postdoctorate or I mean, a graduate or a doctorate at a specific school. And you want to make a big donation now that you made it on Wall Street or you made it on Hollywood or you made it somewhere in life uh, your kids getting in yeah, the way
0: it, the way it was explains to Felicity Huffman, she says is when they were trying to get their kids into usc they were told there's a front door and that there's a side door and your daughter's test scores aren't good enough to walk in the front door of usc but if you write a check i can get you in the side door so she's doing 13 days we have other parents now that have stepped forward and when you look at these parents and what they're involved with some of the businesses they own uh, they it is quite a pedigree. Uh four more parents now have stepped forward and it looks like they're gonna do a little bit of time. What we don't know, Lori McLaughlin, who starred in Fuller House with Uncle Jesse, her and her husband wrote a check for over five hundred thousand dollars, and she's fighting it, right? And she says, We didn't do anything wrong. And sources say what she believes is just what you said, Ron. She believes that all she was doing was making a donation to the university for 500 grand. And as a result of that, as a result of making that that donation, maybe there was some favor afforded them as far as looking at their daughter's application. But they never thought that they were bribing anyone. And certainly, they didn't feel like they were bribing coaches. But when your daughter has signed up to be uh, on the rowing team and your daughter has never rowed in her life, and she has a place on the USC rowing team. At some point, if you're Lori, you have to look in the mirror and say, "Yeah, you know what? I probably have stepped over a line here because it's more than just writing a check. Your daughter has taken a place on a rowing crew, and uh, she she doesn't she's never picked up an oar before." right? Yeah,
1: I mean that that's a different a different wrinkle to this story, and I just think n- to pretend like this doesn't happen every day that life isn't transactional. When you get a job, when you get into college, if it was all a meritocracy, then none of these big institutions would have billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar endowments. So
0: my question for you, Alec Baldwin came out the other day and said, none of these parents should do any time. This is ridiculous. It's just a waste of government money. On the other hand, if you come from a black and brown community and you're like, yeah, you know what? My people have been put away for 10, 20, 50 years For going out and maybe selling some marijuana. Now you have white guys that are farming marijuana and they're not being put away. It's being celebrated and it's being taxed. If you live in a black and brown community and you finally see that, hey, you know what? There's some Caucasian people around here that are finally going to do some jail time because they stepped over the line. You may feel like 13 days isn't enough. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens to Lori McLaughlin and her husband because They may be looking at some serious time when you've written a check for $500,000. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. You're listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronanddonradio.com. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget uh, to subscribe to the Ron and Don Show, and that way now when it drops every Wednesday, you're going to know it's dropped, right? Yeah, so
1: any podcast service, you can do that. Uh, you can sponsor us now through the Anchor app. We also signed up. There's a local company here called Glow.fm that if you want to sponsor the show directly, that's in the newsletter that you can uh, subscribe to at ronanddon.com. You'll get that newsletter every week. And so if you rate us and star us, uh, that really helps. And actually, comment, Those was the story I was going to ask you about. This Some new research came out. There, there's a very interesting website that I follow. It's a company that has a website, called Civic Science. And so I actually um, talked to these folks a while back and, and was uh, helping them, or not helping them, but like, like looking into do, do some research for them and some articles for them. Uh, and so what they do is they, they, they have all these polls out all over the internet. And they're in the business are you familiar with psychographics? this term yep. that's getting thrown around now. Yeah. And so psychographics is the study of behaviors that people do for advertising purposes.
0: After and, you've taken some psychedelics?:
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so they're, one of their, and, and so you, you collect all this stuff about how people think, how they behave, and then you try to distill it, and you compare metrics that weren't possible before in traditional advertising. So sort of one of their crowning uh, stories is they went to Hyundai. And they said, we know who your next celebrity endorsement should be. And they said, well, well who? And they said, Gary Busey. And they went, Gary Busey? Hyundai it was like, we're not doing Gary Busey. What are you talking about? We're like, we've done. They they pulled out all this this psychographic stuff. And they said, people that are going to buy Hyundais love Gary Busey. So if you hire Gary Busey awesome. to be your celebrity. And they're like, how do you know this? I and so they that. showed them all these things and psychographics if you i don't know if you remember this was several years ago they did hire gary busey they were absolutely we- the weirdest car commercials you've ever seen <laughs> and their sales <laughs> jumped yeah and so a uh, civic science does a lot of these different things where they'll compare what seem to be unrelated things and make them related so in other words they might go um do target shoppers enjoy uh how responsive are they to television ads or are Republicans more likely to drink Pepsi or Coke or whatever? So they, they, they cross-pollinate. They have this huge database, and they cross-pollinate this stuff. And so one of the things, I get the newsletter every week, and then I read it from Civic Science. And so one of the things that they, they track for years and years and years has been what type of messaging is most affected to people. And I'm curious if you match this. And so the, the ones that they have is television ads, Uh, radio ads, billboard ads, banner ads uh, online, and then comments on recommendations on social media. So of those mediums, and I just read this to you, but act like I didn't just give you the study. Which one do you think most people would say is the most effective way to get
0: your message out Today there? or the last uh, five to ten years?
1: Well, well, however you want to answer it. So it's radio, television, billboards, banner ads, or comments and recommendations.
0: Uh, so I'll speak from experience. On the radio, people would pay a premium when I would do ads for them. And the reason they would pay a premium is because our listeners – Uh, And to this day, they still do. They trust us. In fact, some of those advertisers, uh, we had to sign a deal where we wouldn't talk to our advertisers for a year. And that deal is just about up. And we have many of those advertisers that are contacting us. In fact, uh, someone contacted us today because they want to be a part of this podcast. It's different when you have a regular radio ad that's just running, or if it's, hey, this is Ron Upshaw four, or this is Don O'Neill four. Those ads cut through, those ads are very effective. And we saw that in gross sales any time we have stepped to a microphone and we have gone to work and we have partnered with an advertiser. So, uh, so I see those radio ads as being a bit different. Other radio ads, though, are pretty passive. TV ads, pretty passive. Uh, this is what I know, though, from being an Airbnb superhost, right? And to be a super host, you have to get at least a 4.7 rating. I have a 4.9 rating. The best rating you can get is a 5.0. I've never met anyone with a 5.0, and I haven't met a lot of people with a 4.9. To get the 4.9 Super host rating with Airbnb, there are so many hoops that you have to jump through, but it's worth it if you're a host like I am because your algorithm improves, which means more people... Are seeing your ad which means more people are booking your ad and for airbnb it means that they're making more money so anytime they have someone like me that's making sure for my different airbnbs that every single night is booked and to do the work to make sure that every single night is booked to talk to every single customer to answer every question within an hour that a question has been asked and sometimes those questions come in overnight i woke up this morning i had nine different questions from people all around the world that were interested in airbnbs then when people exit and leave uh there is a conversation that happens before they exit and leave so there is a lot of people touch and there is a lot of conversation happening as a super host when i'm doing two things number one i want to make sure that people have a great time i had a lady that just stayed at one of my airbnbs she wrote the best review. And here's the key. She wrote the best review I've ever received before. And she said, if you are looking for a better home, a better and a better host in the city of Seattle, a better place to stay, you're not going to find it. She said, I just found it at one of Don O'Neill's places, one of Don O'Neill's properties. That right there, that you can you can put all the ads on television and radio that you want to, or you can take that review that I got from Helen. That review right there is worth all the hoops that I jumped through to make sure that she had an incredible time here because people by the droves go out. They read those reviews. They trust those reviews, and they will decide where their dollars and cents go on the basis of those reviews. People out there that are listening, they know this. When you first start a business, if you get some bad reviews, you're done. You're absolutely done. No, it's a hard, it's I, I know hard someone climb. right now that owns a, a yoga studio, and she got some bad reviews. There was a change of ownership. She got some bad reviews. She is done. Reviews will – you can sink and swim on reviews. Reviews are everything is yeah, my Yeah, it answer.
1: is the currency, and that's what the research is saying. Is that right? The civic science. That yeah. The, that people – Now react and value comments and recommendations on social media. Yes. Well, social media has surpassed television as more influential, which is incredible because of the amount of money that is still spent on television advertising versus. You asked me a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was on the on the podcast, but just hey, did you see this TV ad? And I was like, TV ad, like, what? Why would I be watching? You said, oh, it was on during the Seahawks game. I was like, oh. Well, yeah, because we're both watching. That would be the only time yeah. that I sat through a television commercial, and and that's the thing too. When we talk about it at the beginning of this segment, where we were talking about, hey, when you go on Apple iTunes. And you give us five stars or you put a comment uh, on like if you took this episode and you posted the link to it on your social page, that is worth more than if we bought an advertising campaign. That is worth more than That's if right. we had a television ad. Right. And maybe the, the awareness might go up with a TV ad. Or We were on KUOW a while back uh, doing an interview and we got some exposure on that and they wrote it up or we've been mentioned in the Stranger in Seattle Times or whatever. And you'll see little blips on that. But if we had 100 people post this and write a comment to their friends Mm -hmm. where they're like, I know this, I know Helen, and if Helen says that, Helen believes that, and so I'll check that out because I trust Helen, that's worth more than all of that other stuff combined.
0: I just bought four beds for my Airbnbs. I buy something called a bed in a box, which people think are crazy. And the bed in the box, if you get the right bed in the box, it's a bed that shows up in a box. You open the box. Be careful with your knife when you're when you're opening the box, <laughs> because now you will have a very flat bed in a box, which happened to me. So you don't want that to happen. I buy furniture from my Airbnbs based all based on reviews, what people say, not what uh, manufacturers say, uh, not what the science says, not what I see in an ad, but by what John in in Houston, Texas says. About that particular bed in a box. You, that you know, bought. the most
1: valuable uh, a tip that I heard that's great on that: read the three-star reviews, because the one-star reviews are going to be grumpy pants, get off my lawn, people in general. The five-star reviews is mother and your mother-in-law could be <laughs> like in the yoga studio. <laughs> It's the three-star reviews. Yeah. If you have a three-star review that's that's at least a paragraph long, so. that's the one you can trust.
0: Yeah, I like that. Hey, uh, let me ask you this question. Are you ready to sit down with Ron and Don? We'll talk about that straight ahead. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button. It drops every Wednesday. And right now, buy a T-shirt. Ron and Don Nation sends us a picture. We'll get it up on our socials. $5 goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur. And also, you guys, great pictures. Of all the little doggies you've been sending us. And these have been up now for a couple weeks, right?
1: Yeah, the dog bandanas are out, and you can get them at Ronandon.com.
0: Everything's at Ronandon.com And don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. We'd love to be a part of your life's biggest transaction. Once again, just go to Ronandon.com. would you like to uh, sit down with us Ron and Don we'll talk about that here in a couple minutes on the Ron and Don Radio Network you're listening to podcast episode number 21 and a lot of people ask us hey what happened to you guys on terrestrial radio go back to episode number one and uh, it's all explained right there thanks for stopping by we appreciate you so um,
1: this was very interesting to me this comes from fastcompany.com we now work in a building where it's not uncommon to have someone bring their dog by. Uh, And you'll see this a lot. Amazon allows this. A lot of places in South Lake Union allow it. Um, The unofficial tech uniform is like a pair of jeans with a fleece or uh, something along those lines. And so Fast Company did a, a study here, and they said, all right, do people... We, we think people like a casual workplace, but do they really like the casual workplace? And there's this whole movement, I don't know if you've followed this much at all, but there's a whole movement of uh, introverted leadership. And I was reading about a woman that sort of wrote a lot of her, her book is called Quiet. And she's like, just because I'm introverted and I'm not Don of the Ronadon doesn't mean I'm not a great leader. Doesn't mean I don't have great ideas. I'm just not going to dye my hair blonde and be super loud in the meeting, or I'm not going to be wear super flashy clothes. I'm quiet, and Bill and uh, Bill Gates actually really endorsed her work as well. So here's the thing that they found, which I find fascinating. They they talked to a thousand full time workers in the United States. There is a silent majority of workers that they don't like this this chummy open office, bring your dog to work deal. And so let me read you the, the the results here. 52% of these people that are pulled, so a little over half, said hugging an intimate touch like that in the workplace, inappropriate. It's not professional. We don't want to hug. I don't want to high five. We're not going to do massage time, like none of that stuff that you will see sometimes. Uh, I don't want to play ping pong with you. And then we embrace when we win a point. 66%, so two thirds, I don't think that coworkers should be allowed to bring their dogs to work. So, but the ones that do are so enthusiastic about it that it overrides the two thirds. (laughs) It does. They don't really ask. They just see it as Uh, part of their lifestyle and they'll bring their dog. I I watched a dog in our office pee on the front desk Hmm. And um, it is
0: a 210 pound dog, so right? it was quite a spectacle
1: because someone, some other dog previously a month ago or whatever, had peed on the front desk, oh. and so they smelt that and they wanted to mark it, so they, they peed on it. Wow, and the owner, you know, cleaned it up and was good about it. Mm. But so, two thirds of the people polled say no bueno on the dogs. Yeah, 63 percent said athleisure is not a workplace out a look. Oh, really? We don't want to see your yoga pants, oh. we don't want to see your flip flops if you're coming to work dress for work hmm. and then 63 uh, percent also said i i don't want you as a facebook friend yeah we're not instagram pals oh. because i happen to work two cubicles over from you i want to be able to post stuff on my account if i go on vacation that maybe i don't want my boss and my coworkers to know about so do you think this is accurate here in seattle because this is not the trend People in Seattle, if you're in a, a cool, quote-unquote, white-collar job, tech job, they do say, we want to bring the dogs to work. They do say, wear your yoga pants and your flip-flops. They do say, let's hang out after work. Let's have social time. Let's be on each other's Instagram account. Let's have a hug. Let's go out and get drinks afterwards. But it seems like there's a silent majority, at least if you believe this fast company well, we deal. We went to
0: a WeWork loft yesterday, and so we were working in this loft. And these are How would you explain WeWork to 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 people that... It,
1: it's, it's people that are freelancers yeah. or uh, that, that want a place to
0: go to. So coffee. We ain't doing nothing but drinking coffee. Because that's what it looked like. I was looking around. I'm like, where's the work? I, I see the we. I don't see the work. I see you over here chit-chatting. I see these guys over here uh, putting up an Instagram post. I see these people are having lunch. These guys uh, are having a, a coffee. These people over here are having a tea party. The only people in there... And I felt out of place. The only people in there with, with a whiteboard and markers out that were marking that thing, because I walked around, nobody working at WeWork, and it's one <laughs> of the reasons why that business is failing right now. They are absolutely failing, because working ain't working. And I think there's a backlash right now. I think people want their doors back. I think people want offices with doors, and I think people want to be able to close those doors. And I think people need more time for themselves. And when you just... You 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 decide that even we're going to take all these cubicles, all the cubicle farms, and we're going to come out of our silos and all work together. I think statistically it's beginning to prove. When you have moments like that in the day where you get together and you say, you know what, for 90 minutes we're all going to come together as a group here and we're going to meet uh, uh, and we're going to work on something, I think that's effective. But when that is your whole day and you don't have a place – You don't have a spot where you can post up. And let's face it, we are all dealing with personal stuff when we're at work. And when you have to get up, leave the building to jump on your phone or go sit in your car because you're talking to Nurse Joan right now because something's going on with your kid at school or you're you're dealing with a death in the family or you're dealing with divorce or all the things that we have to deal with when you're actually in a workspace and there's no place for you to go. And I know that they've made little, little spots now. I know that they've made little spots for people to go where they can jump on their phone. But when you see people in those spots, especially with a manager, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're getting fired. Nobody wants to go into those spots because you're like, oh, uh, you're probably on there uh, talking to his girlfriend right now. And I, I know that guy's married and he's going through a divorce or whatever it is. You just you feel weird about going into those spots and having conversations. So I think. Do you want to see I, people's dogs at, at work, though? You know, I don't because everybody has different rules about their dogs, right? And everyone thinks they're a good dog. Like, you go to a dog park, and there's people there that think they're a good dog owner uh, while their dog is humping your dog and try, right. trying to create other dogs. And you're like – and I'm I've been using that thing that you've told me that, hey – you know we're in training right now or or just to get people to stop humping my 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 dog right now their dog just yeah so it, what it, about it, hangout time
1: what's that hangout time do you want to hang out after work it, or do it, it d-
0: you know it depends on who it is but i i am not a nine to five person anyway so i created a life and a lifestyle where i don't have to do that i i'm i don't like going and reporting and having three different layers of bosses and then sitting there till five o'clock and then leaving i don't I don't. I don't respond real well.
1: You want to go edging in the middle of the day in the well, rain.
0: Well, what about you? Yeah, we just did that. <laughs> what, what, what about you? Where do you think all this is going? I, I think. I think there's a backlash to all I do. this I, I think cool techy I, stuff. I think
1: it's going to come back to. I, I enjoy going to a workplace where people are not in sweatpants like i I like our office where it's like okay people have blazers on people are dressed up they're about their business and uh you know we the dog thing i actually kind of like i bought some treats because i I enjoy the dogs so i'm I'm split on that i I like seeing a dog as long as it's a behaved dog and they're not yelping and barking but yeah i I think that study is fascinating because we've been led to believe that everybody likes those things when they don't like those yeah, things, we were just at work. Tell everybody what you have on. Uh, I have a sweatshirt and jeans because I was going to mow the lawn. No, I knew well, I was going to mow the lawn afterwards. You know, what? it sounds
0: like you didn't like yourself at work today. No, I did it's, not. It's the Ron and Don Show. The other Ron Dodd Radio Network. All right, thanks to all of you for continuing to listen to the Ron and Don Show and the Ron and Don Radio Network. We appreciate you. We really do. And then we appreciate the phone calls uh, from you because there's some people in our audience that are about to embark on something that can be a pretty scary endeavor sometimes. And that's when you're letting go of a home or... You're trying to find that special place because maybe you just got married. Maybe you're having a baby. Maybe you're downsizing. Maybe you're upsizing. Who knows? You just went through a life event or you're going through that right now. And that's why we've created something. It's called the Ron and Don sit down. In fact, I did a Ron and Don. We did a Ron and Don sit down a couple of months ago with my friends, Joe and Jennifer. And they said, you know what? We have this house in Seattle. It's our family home. And we would like to sell this family home. But along with selling this family home, there are a lot of memories connected to this home. This is where our kids grew up. This is where we've celebrated 20 Christmases. This is where we have dealt with the fact that we have had loved ones and family members pass away. This is where we had Thanksgivings. This is where we celebrated birthdays. This is where we watch our little kids grow into teenagers, and now uh, they're off to college. And we don't need a home this big anymore. But it's going to be really hard to let go of this home because it's not just a house. It's been a home to us. And so we sat down, and we just figured out a way. And there were tears shed. There were lots of tears that were shed. But we figured out a way to finally let go of that house. And then we embarked on another journey to find another house and to find another home. And a couple months later, that's exactly what we did. So...
1: But I think the thing you're saying that I really like that we're crystallizing is it begins with this Ronadon sit-down where you actually learn the story, you listen to the story, and sometimes the story that you hear on page one... Is not the actual story. Like it takes a second to understand that uh, sometimes people are very transactional and like it can just be a house that needs to be sold. But sometimes there's all of that other stuff that is a part of that. And if you don't unpack that correctly and if you don't pay homage to it in a sense and give it its own space to breathe and to sort of live for a moment, then it really doesn't matter what what happens in a dollars and cents stuff over here because the it's a, it's a hollow shell. You, you have to acknowledge and pay respect to the process that got you to that sit down.
0: Yeah, yeah I just uh, sat down with my friend Mary and I said, Mary, I don't think you're ready to sell this house. I think you should stay in this house until you're ready to sell the house. And I said, I know I'm not being a great realtor right now, but let me be a great friend. You're not ready to sell this house. So let's sit down again in the new year Let's gather a lot of information about this house. Let's see what your house is worth. Let's see what's happening in the neighborhood. Let's look at other houses and other places where you think you might like to live. But you are not ready to stick a yard sign in your front yard yet. You just aren't. And maybe you will in 2020. Maybe you will in 2021. Maybe you're going to hang on to this and not even live here. And this will become a great rental property for you. So we had that discussion. Peter called us the other day. Ron and Don Nation listener and said, guys, I want to have a sit-down. And so we met at our offices at Windermere. And let's not say the neighborhood or Peter's last name, but we had a really great conversation with Peter in our sit-down with him, didn't we? Yeah,
1: he's got a property, and similar to what you've said, a life inflection point is upon him, and he's trying to make a great decision. I I think most people are smarter than uh, at first glance. Maybe that's the wrong way to say that. People are smart. They realize many times when they're at that inflection point and they want to make a good decision. And so they want, it, it's valuable to sit down uh, with us and to go through it and say, here's here's how I see it. Here Here's how I see your options. And some of the stuff resonated with him. Not everything, but a lot of the stuff resonated with him. And I'm excited to move forward with Peter and to get him a great result. But you, we still still have to identify what is the thing what is the thing because he has multiple properties multiple options multiple things moving in his life and it's like what what is your move that ticks the 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 boxes what is that thing
0: yeah we're on a fact-finding mission with him right now and and then we'll make some decisions and he'll make some decisions uh, down the road and it's exciting to be a part of that it's really just exciting to be a part of that so Peter thank you Joe and Jennifer Thank you. The Patties of the world, thank you. Scott, Mary, Carrie, Ron, all the people that have sat down with us and allowed us to be a part of one of their biggest transactions. And sometimes a transaction is to not do anything. It's to hold fast. It's to gather information. It's to figure out what the next step is. And it's also to not get pushed around. And sometimes people in this business that call themselves realtors and agents, they piss me off. Because they come in and they push and they push and they push and then they get their check and then they walk away. And that's not how it works at Windermere Midtown. That's not how Patrick Chin and Tamara Marson work. They don't allow that. We come at you ninety-seven agents strong, selling over a hundred million dollars in real estate in the Seattle area a month. A month, And one of the reasons we do that is because they are the very best agents that have been in these neighborhoods 20, 25, 30 years. And they have incredible reputations because they serve people so well. They serve their community so well. And at the end of it, they get a well-deserved paycheck. And they should. Anyway, if you have a transaction coming up, if you have some questions, if you just want to figure out what a property is worth, Or you just want to sit down with us and talk. Ron's a pretty good talker. I'm a pretty good listener. Reach out to us. It's ron at windermere.com. Don O'Neill at windermere.com. Everything is at ronanddon.com. You can also reach out to us on our personal Facebook pages. That's Don O'Neill and Ron Upshaw. And just like we did with Peter last week, we could sit down and we could do a Ron and Don sit down with you. And we would love it. And we'll even have Ron make the coffee. All right. It's the Ron and Don show episode number 21. Thank you for stopping by and supporting us. And every time we see you, every time, I tell you what, every time we see you, uh, we are blown away by the love that you have for us and still our connection that we have here in the community. So thank you for that. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. We'll see you here next week on Wednesday for episode number 22 the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Okay, how much do I have to pay you for this? (laughs) One dollar. (laughs) One (laughs) dollar.